Hi guys, it's been a while, but this is another episode of Girl Talk. Thank you guys so much for bearing with me. I keep saying I'm going to have more episodes out for you guys, and then life just distracts me from everything going on. (laughs) I just, you know, I have a newborn baby, and I'm getting used to all the things that have, you know, that goes into being a mom. And before that, I was preparing for a newborn baby, moving, COVID, you know, dealing with everything going on in the world, dealing with everything going on in my own mind, anxiety, the whole nine. I really want to do an episode talking about anxiety and how real it is and how people, you know, just don't understand it and what I go through with my own anxiety, but that's a totally different topic. But yeah, everything going on lately has just... I feel like I'm so busy, busy doing nothing and then busy doing everything at the same time. I really put a lot of effort into my new um, Instagram page that I talked about in my last podcast and it's been keeping me inspired to stay home, stay eating healthier, somewhat healthier, cooking at home and just, you know, giving me something to do. And then my precious baby boy was finally born on the 23rd of September and since then it's been three weeks of (laughs) learning to be a mommy so it's just been a wild ride and i'm so glad that you guys are along with me on this ride and i'm so glad that you guys reach out to me on my social media platforms and my friends and family and everybody that i have around me have really been such a huge huge source of encouragement and have just been keeping me sane along with my amazing husband who's just been here for me throughout everything and we've just been kind of learning how to do everything together so i'm sorry that i have not been super consistent with my podcast but you know it makes me excited that you guys are still excited for episodes to come so no matter how long it takes me to get there i'm gonna keep making episodes and it may not be every week it may not be you know But when I do one, I want to do a good one, get it out there, and it makes me happy that you guys are still willing to be patient and wait and listen when they are out. So again, thank you again. Um, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're listening, and I can't wait to connect with you guys after this podcast and see what you guys think. (laughs) So with that being said, today I want to talk about my labor and delivery story, and I want to talk about all the things that you're not prepared for to be a mom. I feel like I I keep joking about this with my friends. Like when you ask people like what to be prepared for or what things you should know about, everyone just kind of sits there and says, oh, you're never going to sleep again. And nobody really can remember all the things that go into taking care of a newborn child and the things that freak them out or the things that they really worried about or the things that, you know, would make life a little bit easier on a new mom to know that's normal. You know, babies are very complex little creatures and the only way they can communicate is through crying. So I feel like as your children get older, you definitely forget what that newborn stage was like. So when you talk to other moms, you don't really, they don't really remember all the things, you know, they just remember they didn't sleep and they didn't, you know, how much it hurt to give birth. So This podcast is kind of like a diary for myself to remember all the things for when I decide to have another baby or when somebody asks me what should I expect or what should I look forward to or what should I be aware of. 
I do have my little man sleeping literally on me because we'll get into it later on, but he will not let me put him down. <laughs> so if you hear him or hear any weird noises or if he starts crying, I will briefly pause, but I will be back. Um, and I'm also in the living room because this is where he likes to be right now. It's a good temperature down here and he just likes it. So you may hear my dogs again and you may hear, you know, some echo, but again, just bear with me. <laughs> Anyways, so let's just start with my labor and delivery story. So I have been waiting and waiting and waiting for my little guy to get here. Doctors all thought he was going to come early. I finally made it to 40 weeks, still no baby. I was told my whole pregnancy that the dates were probably wrong and I was probably about two or three weeks ahead of schedule. So I was really truly expecting him like in August. We were all prepared. His room was completed. We had a baby shower. All my family was waiting and no baby, no baby, no baby. We made it to 40 weeks. I had my a 40-week scan just to see how everything was going. They told me that my baby was probably 8 or 9 pounds, um, which is a big baby. And, you know, we were going to schedule an induction. So, induction was scheduled for the 23rd. But on the 22nd, I started going into labor. So, we went to the hospital. We sat there we um they finally admitted me and then early on the morning of the 23rd so my induction would have been scheduled for 10 p.m on the 23rd but at 2 a.m on the 23rd they actually started the induction process and it was i had him at 9 41 p.m on the 23rd so it was a long process the things i did not know about induction where once the induction process starts you are not allowed to eat you can drink water but you're not allowed to eat any food so i didn't eat any food for about 36 hours because after i gave birth there's more to the story and i couldn't eat till the next morning because it was like the cafeteria was closed there was nothing around i didn't come prepared with snacks like you know sustainable snacks because i was actually starving i had like granola and chips and stuff but so you're not allowed to eat after induction starts um when you get an epidural your whole bottom half of your body goes completely numb so they want to give it to you early because if you wait too long and they don't feel like you'll have enough mobility to push you're not going to be able to have an epidural i was not aware of that so i did get an epidural early it wore off three times. They gave me a half dose right before it was time to push. And that was perfect because I pushed out a nine pound baby with no problem at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was not prepared to not eat anything. I really wish I would have known that. So for next time, if I'm ever getting induced, I'm going to have a huge meal right before I go in and I'm going to take much better snacks. So just know if you make it all the way to induction, the moment they put that Pitocin in your IV, you are not going to eat anything. And it can take, you know, babies are on their own time schedule. It can take however long that they want. So... I went through all the hours of labor. It wasn't bad until the epidural started wearing off. Then they'd give me another injection um, or another, you know, hit of whatever that is. And I was fine until it wore off again. So really the laboring and stuff was fine besides being hungry. 
pretty relaxing. I got to sleep and everything. So it's finally time to push. They, they're like, okay, you're ready. Let's go. Get ready and position, whatever. So that's when it all started to happen. I Everything was fine. We We got baby out. He was perfect. I got to hold him. I asked for, you know, delayed cord clamping. I asked for skin-to-skin contact immediately. They pretty much granted all my wishes. That was pretty standard. Um, Until about two, three, maybe five minutes after I gave birth, they came, they picked my baby up, and they just kind of took him away. And my husband kind of followed him. He stayed in the same room and everything, but I just wasn't understanding why my skin-to-skin was getting cut short. I guess I started losing... A lot of blood which is pretty normal with your first baby and with a large baby like mine so I lost uh, an insane amount of blood I actually had to have a blood transfusion so that was where it got a little bit abnormal I had to be hooked up to oxygen I had to you know it was a process so that took a little bit longer to to get me into the postpartum recovery room and to get me stable to be with my baby and just him and I and my husband. So I also, you can't eat when that happens. So I'm sitting there starving. All the cafeteria is closed. I finally start recovering. I finally start being stable. Everything's good. They move me into the postpartum room. It's like 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. already on the 24th. So I have to wait till 7 a.m. to eat. So when they tell you your after delivery meal, like I have never understood what the big deal was of that. Oh my gosh, it's like heaven. You can literally eat anything and you're gonna feel like it's this gourmet meal. It's the best moment of your life probably besides giving birth to your child. (laughs) Anyways, so back to having a nine pound baby. I really felt like my doctors dropped the ball. Everybody was like, you should have been induced like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Babies get cozy in there. They don't want to come down. They don't want to come out. So when my doctors noticed that they felt like I was two or three weeks ahead, my induction should have been scheduled probably for 37 weeks because the dates were probably off. I was probably more pregnant than I thought. He probably got to stay in there for a good two, three weeks longer than he should have. And at the end of the day, that could have cost me my life or it could have made really, really bad complications for me. I mean, luckily I took the blood transfusion well. I stopped bleeding. My recovery has been a little bit harder than normal because I have stairs in my house. You can't really lift a lot of things. I mean, you can't do that after birth anyway, but when you lose a lot of blood, there's a little bit more that goes into the recovery process, which I was not prepared for. I didn't even think that was a thing. I didn't even know recovery after a baby. I thought, you're just sore, no big deal. I didn't realize you bleed for like, maybe I'm naive or stupid, but I didn't ever research that. I didn't think to research that. I didn't, you know, I thought maybe like two, three days of bleeding. No, it's been a full three weeks, still bleeding, still sore, still, you know, dealing with all those side effects. Sorry if this is TMI skip through it if you don't want to hear all that but a lot of people ask me you know so I want to prepare all my future moms first time moms for what could happen so definitely get a postpartum kit um plenty of pads they're gonna give you lots of pads and stuff and all the stuff you need at the hospital but when you for when you come home that way you don't have to leave and go to the store get tons of pads get you know cozy underwear very cozy pants very cozy clothes um because I had so many fluids injected to me 
I was extremely, extremely swollen. Like I couldn't see my ankle bones, my feet and legs kind of hurt. Um, so you're gonna want very loose fitting, super, super cozy clothes for after you give birth for sure. Uh, that was one thing I was told, so I was prepared with that. Um, I have bouts of like sweating because of all the fluids they injected into me. The nurses warned me like you might get the sweats like you know middle of the night middle of the day it's normal so have dress in layers because you're also going to get cold kind of feels like you have the flu or something without all the other symptoms just kind of getting the chills and the sweats and so definitely I dress in layers right now so I can kind of pull them off put them on when I'm cold or when I'm super hot didn't expect that um I didn't expect I just didn't expect the recovery process for myself to be so I don't know, rigorous, I guess, but I've had a lot of support and I'm actually recovering really well. And now I know what to expect for my next baby. And I also didn't know you can be very vocal with your doctors and tell them what you want. I kind of just thought they tell you what happens. They're the professionals and you don't really get a say in anything. Absolutely not true. With my next baby, I'm definitely going to, if I feel my body you know, responding a certain way, or if I feel like my, because I, I would tell everybody, this baby is long, I can feel he's big, his head's been down for like two months, I feel like I'm farther ahead than what they're telling me, so my next baby, I'm definitely going to be more vocal, and I'm definitely going to say, you know, I want to be induced no later than 38 weeks, if we get to that point, or you know, just make more demands probably, as long as my baby's growing healthy and they're checking and everything looks good, I'm definitely going to be more vocal in that aspect. And as far as my hospital stay, you really don't need a lot of shit. Your baby doesn't really need a whole bunch of clothes, you really don't need to take much. I think I'll be better equipped with like... Like, you really don't wear... You yourself really don't wear a lot of clothes. I think the main thing I'll take for my next baby is, like, plenty of snacks, you know? Because you don't get any hospital food till you're in the postpartum room. So, yeah. Pretty much don't overpack for the hospital. Don't overpack for your baby either because they'll give you a whole bunch of stuff. And the less you have for your baby, the more you'll get for your baby. We got lots of diapers. We got pacifiers. We got... And we had a whole bag packed for him. We just left it in the car. So, yeah. I'm kind of rambling at that point. But don't overthink it. Don't... Ooh. Are you okay, baby? Okay? Don't overthink it. Don't overpack. Just get to the hospital. Take cozy stuff that makes you feel comfortable. Um... I would definitely recommend a book. I forgot my book. If your labor is going to be long, I would definitely recommend your own pillows, but really pack more for your husband or your birthing partner. They're the ones that need the extra, the extra stuff because the hospital is going to take care of you great, but your birthing partner is not going to get any snacks or any food or anything like that. At least in my hospital, he didn't. So he needs, he need, he was really grateful that we brought our own pillow, our own blanket. We had snacks and stuff like that. I think for him, we should have probably packed a little bit more. Anyways, yeah, I already said that. Take care of your birthing partner because you'll be taken care of just fine. So I feel like as a parent now and as somebody who was pregnant, I was asking everybody, you know, what should I expect? What should I expect? What should I expect? And the only thing people tell you is you're never going to sleep again. I kind of mentioned that before. So with this part, I really want to tell you all the things in the three weeks of being a mom and I'll update you as I go along. 
all the things I wish somebody told me. So I just told you about the birthing process. I had, you know, no idea what that was going to be like. So I wish somebody would have told me, you know, maybe just explain to me how how it all works. Um, I asked my doctors a few times and they didn't really give me good answers. So I wouldn't really rely on asking your doctors. They have a lot of patients. They're not really going to explain everything to you in detail. But really find somebody who can explain, you know, what to what to expect and what to be prepared for. Especially if your story is a little bit different and you know you're going to have a C-section or you know certain things are going to be different. Find somebody you can relate to that can really tell you what that experience was like for them because it does help and it puts a little peace peace of mind. I had I, I don't know why I never even thought hemorrhage was the possibility when you give birth. I was nothing I even expected or prepared for. I wish I would have a little bit because it was really scary in the moment and you know I wish I would have heard some other stories because now after the fact other moms are definitely more open with their stories of hemorrhaging or losing a lot of blood and it made me feel a lot more comfortable in my recovery process that that was normal. I mean, it's not extremely normal, but it happens more often than not, especially with first babies and especially with larger babies. So yeah, the other things that are after he's here, you're going to be freaked out about everything. I never understood my parents telling me like, oh, you'll understand when you have a baby or oh, you'll you'll see why we're so protective when you have a baby. Yes. 100% true. You worry about everything non-stop. You're going to be so freaked out. Is he eating enough? Am I producing enough milk? If you're breastfeeding, you're going to want to... Everything's going to freak you out. I'm solely breastfeeding. I've made that my goal and my mission, and I'm going to stick to it all the way through to each its own. If you guys are going to bottle feed or whatever, more power to you. For me, I have just decided that I would like to breastfeed. I feel like the bond that it gives you and baby is so good and so sweet. Like you just feel this instant connection. I feel like our bodies were made to do this. So there's a lot of health benefits for you and for baby by breastfeeding. And I mean, you don't have to buy formula. Formula is really expensive. If you have the opportunity to stay home with your baby, there's really, for me, there was really no reason for me not to breastfeed. Um, And I'm enjoying it a lot, actually. I feel like me and him are are doing really good at it together. Um, So if you're breastfeeding... Just know your milk will come in, your baby's eating enough, your body's doing what it's supposed to, everything's fine. Now, the things I was not prepared for, I I never knew, I've never heard of this, I've never seen this, and nobody's ever told me about this. When you're a breastfeeding parent, typically, it can sometimes happen to bottle-fed babies as well, but typically breastfed babies, they are still getting used to being out of the womb, they don't need to eat a lot, they might have what's called um, urate crystals or brick dust. It's a concentrated amount of urine that comes out because, you know, their stomachs are so tiny and they don't need a lot to eat in the first week, week and a half. And you're still making colostrum, your milk isn't fully in, your milk doesn't fully come in until like three, five, seven. 10 days after you give birth every woman and every body is different also your um, birth experience can affect your milk 
coming in. So because I lost a lot of blood and I was on a lot of fluids, my milk didn't fully come in till probably 10 to 12 days after birth. Still had enough for him to eat. He was totally fine. Anyways, back to urate crystals or brick dust. I opened my baby's diaper and I see this like at first glance in a dim room, it looks like red. It looks like blood spots on his diaper. And I immediately freaked out. What the hell is that? What is going on? I run to my husband. My husband's like, what is that? We start Googling stuff, which is always a bad idea. Do not Google things. Anyways, I Google blood in baby's diaper because I couldn't think of anything else that it would be. And my husband Googles um, like orange, orange in diaper or... I don't know what he googled but we got two separate things going on right on our phones mine's telling me get to the emergency room immediately and his is telling him about what's called brick dust or urate crystals and like i said concentrated amount of pee comes out in an orange powdery substance that you'll see in his diaper so i text my nurse friend um she's been amazing through this whole process if you have a nurse friend like She's specifically like a baby nurse, so she's been telling me everything I need to know. And then I have a lot of friends who have had babies, you know. And so as I'm bringing things up to them, they're starting to remember all these little things that I'm going through. So my nurse friend was like, oh yeah, totally normal, don't worry. Concentrated pee, comes out orange. Once your milk's fully in, that'll go away. I'm like, okay, so don't pack and go to the emergency room. She's like, no, totally fine. I even sent her pictures because this was freaky. It was really freaky. And over the next few days, there was more of it in his diaper and more and more. And then finally, it just went away, just like she said. I haven't seen it since, and but that's not something anyone ever told me. I never knew that that was a thing. So if you're breastfeeding and some bottle fed babies too, like I said, if you see orange powdery substance in their diapers, totally normal. If it doesn't go away after you feel your milk has come in, he may be a little bit dehydrated, it should go away. If it doesn't go away, obviously talk to your doctor or whatever, but if you're a three day old parent, don't freak out about that. Oh my gosh, I was terrified so freaked out so my milk finally came in and i know this because your baby will make it very obvious they'll go from little like suckling noises to like full-on gulps so he's definitely gulping so i'm like okay sweet my milk's here your eight crystals are gone we're in the clear zone at the hospital they're gonna tell you your baby should have two poops a day three poops a day four poops a day depending on how old they are so if they're five days old they should have five poops a day In the hospital, he's pooping nonstop. All his little black tar poops coming out. Everything's great. My milk's finally coming in. My baby's not pooping. What the hell? He's peeing. He's got lots of pee. Everything looks fine. He's definitely eating. Why is he not pooping? I was freaked out. So I Google, of course, bad idea. I text my friends, call my pediatrician. They're like, okay, in breastfed babies, what typically is going to happen is they're going to lose a little bit of weight while your milk is coming in. And then your milk's going to get here and everything's going to start kind of regulating. But for breastfed babies in particular, it's very common for them to go one, two, three days even, sometimes longer without having a poop at all. Monitor the pee. Wet diapers are what you need to look for. That means they're hydrated. That means they're getting enough fluids. That means they're, they're doing good. Okay, now I can calm down. My baby's peeing a ton, but because he's not pooping, it's not necessarily a problem. 
he's gaining weight. I went to the pediatrician. He's gaining weight nicely. Everything's looking good. Now we're three weeks in. He's finally starting to have more regular poops. And they're still not crazy. I'm not changing 10 poopy diapers a day at all. I'm changing one, maybe three on a good day. But he's still constantly having wet diapers. He's gaining weight. He's healthy. Okay? So you're going to get scared. You're going to think everything's going to be like a what the heck moment. Why isn't he pooping? Why isn't he this? So the advice that was given to me is look for those pee diapers. As long as you're changing lots of pee diapers, he's getting enough fluids. Your breast milk has so many nutrients in there that there's not much for him to get rid of. He's kind of absorbing it into his body. And so your poops are not really going to be very significant until there's an excess, you know, until he starts being a little chubby man and just eating nonstop. Also, that poop's going to transition to a yellowy, mustardy color and it's going to look seedy or greeny, like grainy, kind of like even cottage cheesy. Again, normal. <laughs> I sent pictures to my friends of his poop and I'm one of those crazy moms and they're like, yeah, that's totally normal. That looks great. So that's going to scare you. Um, the thing that has given me the most anxiety and the most like, I've been so sick of it is the belly button. Oh my God. So that little umbilical cord is going to stay in their belly. It's going to dry out. It's going to fall out, right? The doctors are going to tell you, keep it dry, keep it clean. Well, in your discharge paperwork, it's going to tell you that if you see anything coming out of there or any smell, that that's not a good sign. However, I rushed to the pediatrician because I smelt something funky and I saw some stuff coming out of it. Again, it's normal. Keep it dry, keep it clean. This belly button has given me so much anxiety. Is it infected? Is it this? Is it that? Do I need to worry? Is everything okay? Is it bleeding? Is there pus? What is that smell? It's all normal. If the skin around the belly button looks fine, then it's fine. I spent days freaking out lifting up his onesie, checking it, making sure it's okay, texting all my friends, asking questions like, really, that belly button? If the skin around the belly button starts looking weird, starts turning green, starts turning black, starts having a smell around the belly button, take him to the pediatrician immediately. However, if there's, you know, if there's a fever, if there's anything else associated with that. However, that little thing is a piece of like dry rotting skin, it's gonna smell. It's going to stink. If you're like me and you read your discharge paperwork to a T, you're going to have a lot of anxiety. So I would really recommend just listening to what the nurses tell you and don't dive deep into that discharge paperwork because they have to put anything and everything in there. And I didn't realize that, you know, so they have to really cover their own butts because if there's one thing they didn't put in the discharge paperwork and something goes wrong, that's a liability on them, right? So they're going to put everything, anything and everything in that paperwork and it's going to scare the shit out of you. So the belly button, totally freaked out about. It's totally fine. He's he's such a healthy little boy. And I've just had all this anxiety in the world. It's actually very funny. But I'm like warning all my new... I have tons of friends who are pregnant right now. I'm like warning all my friends. Like, oh my God, you're going to freak out about this. You're going to... Don't worry about this. Don't worry about... I'm like making a mental list of all the things that I wish people would have told me. Because... I thought that belly button thing just dries up, falls out, and it's no big deal. Like, it caused me so much anxiety. (laughs) Um, 
Another thing is the sleeping arrangements. So people are going to tell you you're going to get scared of SIDS. You're going to worry about SIDS so much. If you are a breastfeeding mom, your baby is going to want to be attached to you 100% of the time. I cannot put my baby down without him crying and wanting to be held close next to me immediately. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I have the time. I'm at home. I'm not trying to put him on a schedule. I don't really believe in that. I think babies, their only way of communicating is crying. They just want their mommies. They just want to be close. They want to smell you. They want to feel your body heat. They want to feel the movement. They want to be, you know, when you're this little tiny human that's only been out of the womb for three weeks, you don't want to be alone in a crib or in a bassinet somewhere that's cold and stiff and dry. You want to be close to what you remember being in the womb right you want to be next to mom next to dad next to the people that make you feel comfortable so for me I've just been embracing this process and it is you know it's a lot he will not let me put him down he wants to eat constantly he's you know always on the booby even if it just makes him feel comfortable enough to fall asleep he wants to be there and a lot of other parents are going to tell you don't um don't hold him so much don't hold him so much he's gonna get used to it and you know what I just personally to each their own you can't spoil a baby you can't hold him too much he's not old enough to know how to manipulate you because he only wants to sleep in your arms like they don't it's a comfort thing it's literally a comfort thing and I would rather not stress my baby out by making him cry or sleep on his own if he wants to sleep with me on me near me I'm gonna embrace that as long as I can but it's totally normal. I see in a lot of blogs that I follow and a lot of apps that I follow and a lot of pages on Instagram that I follow, you know, moms are like, is this normal? He won't let me put him down. I don't know what to do. We're just going to have to get used to the fact that life's going to be different for a while. You're not going to be as mobile. We're not going to be able to go to the grocery stores by ourselves or at all. Somebody else is going to have to do that for us. We're not going to be able to be up cooking full-on meals every single night. When you get those chances, do it. Set yourself up for a few days. But in for the most part, baby is going to need you 100% of the time while he's, you know, a little guy. So what I have right now is the boppy sling carrier thing and it kind of wraps around my body. And when I have a moment and he's in a good sleep, I kind of put him in that little boppy carrier and then I go whip up some meals, whip up some food that'll last me one to two days, you know, make a casserole, make something that you can get by for a couple days with and then I do some quick chores try to get myself together and then you know by the time I'm done with all that baby's ready to eat again because they want to eat non-stop like and the cool thing with breastfeeding is your baby's going to regulate his own meals he knows when he's full he's going to unlatch he knows when he's hungry he knows when it's just for comfort you know you can tell you can tell their patterns When he just wants to be comforted, I can tell because he barely latches and he just kind of uses me as a pacifier. And, you know, sometimes, you know, some moms are going to not want that. They're going to have their own opinions about that. For me, again, I'm okay with it to each his own. I'm not going to, you know, with a a bottle, it's kind of hard to tell when they're hungry, I would assume, or when they're full or if you're feeding them too much or if you're not feeding them enough. The cool thing about breastfeeding is... What's wrong? What's wrong? (laughs) The cool thing about breastfeeding is you never have that worry. You're always going to have enough. You're always, the more you breastfeed, the more you're going to supply. 
your body knows what to do and your baby knows what to do it's natural this is all instinctual for them you know they're very they're so smart for being so tiny he totally tells me what he needs i am very blessed i do not have a baby who cries um excessively he cries when something is truly wrong or he needs something so it's very easy to pick up his cues um so far again i'm only three weeks in all that can change overnight i suppose but um he totally tells me what he needs the other thing is my baby is very gassy which is totally normal again ask the pediatrician he's super gassy am i doing something wrong is there something i need to be aware of nope it's normal everything's normal as a new mom your anxiety is gonna go through the roof i i can't imagine any first time mom not having such immense anxiety it's totally normal and it just means you're a good mom you want to make sure your baby's okay and you don't want anything bad to happen to your baby and you just you're gonna worry and i'm sure by my second child everything's gonna feel so easy and so carefree but that first baby when you've never done it before and you've never had your own little one before it is very lots of love lots and lots of love but it is very stressful in the aspect of you're just gonna worry about every little thing it's not stressful for me in the aspect of taking care of a human or not getting enough sleep or having all those other worries because I'm not, I'm just not worried about any of that. I sleep when I can. I sleep when he sleeps. We nap together. I don't really feel tired during the day. At night, I'm a little bit sleepy. In early morning, I'm a little groggy waking up. But like during the day, I'm alert. I'm awake. We're having a good day. We hang out together. We nap together. We play together. You know, he he loves to just be near me. He's a very easy baby. When I have company, he's calm, cool, and collected. You know, he just wants to be held. He wants to be close to mama. And that's totally okay. It's totally normal. Those are just something that I didn't expect. I thought baby eats. You put him in his crib. He cries. You change his diaper. Eats again. Crib. Like, I didn't know. You know, I'm actually grateful that he wants to be with me all the time. Because there will come a day that he wants nothing to do with me, I'm sure. (laughs) And that'll be the saddest day of my life when he gets to that age many, many years down the road. But as of right now, I'm taking it all in and I'm embracing that he just, he truly just wants his mommy and wants to be comfortable and wants all the loving and attention and affection. And I'm totally okay with that. But I think it's a good thing for new moms to know that it is normal and you're going to be tired and you're going to feel stress and you're going to feel anxiety and you're going to every little thing is going to you know bother you for my little one he doesn't like mittens so he has had some scratches you know the first scratch you're freaking out about but then you realize okay he hates mittens am i gonna fight with him to put these mittens on or he wants his hands near him you know it's just gonna happen so let's just watch the nails let's keep them trimmed let's do what we can to avoid those things um when it comes to bath time you know they're not gonna like it they're not gonna like it at first Um, My little one loves his hair washed. He doesn't really like any of the rest of the process, but he loves his after bath um, back rub on his stomach. He loves that. That's when he calms down and he just kind of relaxes. He's just kind of like soothed and calm. Um, Totally normal. He doesn't really respond well to like the shushing and the 
and you know trying the typical things to get baby to go to sleep like he doesn't do that no he wants to be held he wants to be cradled and he wants to feed as far as putting him you know bouncing him around and doing the sh -sh -sh and the white noise and the this and that doesn't really work for him and that's totally okay you just you'll learn your baby when everybody said that to me i was like oh how am i going to possibly know what he wants no it's 100 true you will learn your baby he will tell you exactly what he needs he will make it very clear um i've done a lot of research on the correlation between colic babies and bottle feeding i again i haven't bottle fed i don't have to deal with that other moms you know you may not have had a colic baby bottle feeding you may have had a colic baby breastfeeding i'm not sure but um i feel like i'm very blessed to not have a colic baby as of yet because when when they're not crying for no reason at all it's very easy to pick up on what they need now i was a colic baby and my mom would tell me all the stories of what it was like to have a colic baby and I can see how that would be very stressful because you're not sure exactly what they want or what they need because they're just crying for no reason and it's going to be scary are they in pain is something hurting them is you know when he does cry in the very beginning and we weren't sure exactly what he wanted we're busting out the like thermometers we're like checking him for everything and and it, you're gonna go through that worry like what's going on is something hurting him i can't tell i don't know the best bet i can say is keep a thermometer on hand because if there's no fever there's his diapers changed he's been fed or he is refusing to feed again you know so that means he's full then he just probably wants love and cuddles um when it comes to swaddling my baby doesn't love to be swaddled sometimes he wants a swaddle but when he's ready to be out of it he's ready to be out of it again he's just like his mama very vocal he'll tell you exactly what he wants he he really likes his arms by his face in all my ultrasounds his little hands were up and he had like his arms right by his face his hands right by his face sucking on his thumb so you learn your baby in the womb i was telling a friend this the other day you learn your baby in the womb you know his patterns in the womb my baby had hiccups all the time so i don't really freak out when he gets hiccups now um in all his ultrasounds his hands were by his face he was sucking his thumb so i know he likes that he was used to that for nine months so i don't try to take his hands away i don't try to you know not have him suck his thumb if that's what's going to make him feel better that's what i do um he would react in the womb to certain things that i ate so i try to avoid those things now or i try to incorporate those things now in the womb when i would play music i would notice that he'd you know move around and he he liked it so now we play music he loves music you take note of all the things that they're doing while you're pregnant because a lot of that's not going to change when they come out and i think it that's probably the coolest part for me to see like in my ultrasounds when i would see his little hands by his face like it's really like one of the coolest things to see how he sleeps now outside of the womb and i can just picture him in there you know like this is what he was doing when he was inside and and this is so cute or when i play a certain song that i would listen to the whole time i was pregnant and he just kind of stops crying and kind of looks around and gets very like observant like that is really cool just enjoy every minute of it i'm only three weeks in and this is the best experience i've ever had i never knew what love 
you know, I knew what love was, but I never knew this type of love. This is the most unconditional, pure love to something so innocent and sweet that truly just needs you and depends on you and loves you immediately. There's no like a gap of like trying to learn who you are because you grew this human in your body and they automatically know that's my mama and I love her and I need her. And it's just the truest, most pure form of love I've ever felt in my life. And you're going to feel a little bit alone for a little bit because they're going to need you and your partner can do as much as he can to help you and he can clean the house and do the dishes and make food and be the best partner they can be but at the end of the day when it comes to the baby that baby is only going to want papa for you know an hour if if you can get a whole hour to yourself and then he wants you so take care take advantage of the moments you have a free time when your partner can take him and he can be calm and go shower go take care of yourself take a few minutes to yourself because as soon as that baby is done with papa he wants his mama you're gonna feel like you're doing you know the most but your partner can be there to support you and help you in other ways just like mine is he's very good at helping you know take care of the dogs keeping the house clean helping me with laundry helping me you know cook helping me he he puts the baby carrier on and carries the baby around like a kangaroo just to soothe him for a little while just so i can get a couple things done if i need to make a phone call if i need a shower if i need to take care of the bills or whatever you know but again take advantage of that little bits of time that your partner can help you out because the baby's gonna want mommy you know if you're bottle feeding dad can do a lot more but if you're breastfeeding your baby is gonna get very very used to you and you only pretty much because he knows mama's where the milk's at mama's where you know i feel comfortable and you grew him so try not to get frustrated try not to fight with your partner try not to feel like your partner's not doing enough because you know just be very clear with them what you need my husband is so amazing at you know getting me water refilling my water when it goes empty grabbing me stuff setting me up for success like he'll lay out the blankets for the baby he'll make sure to help with you know just all the stuff around the house that you're not gonna have time to do right now your partner can really step up to the plate in that way and just be appreciative of those things because realistically there's really just not much he can do my my husband will change his diaper then bring him back to me that's a huge help so i can get up i can use the bathroom i can stretch i can you know kind of have a second to myself but like i said you're you're the mama he's gonna want you he's gonna want to be with you and that's totally okay just be very open with your partner about what he can do to help support you i feel like moms that feel extremely alone they don't really tell their partner what they need and then they end up getting frustrated because they just guys don't read minds if there's anything we know about just relationships in general if you don't tell them they don't fucking know <laughs> so you have to tell them what you need and I've, I've learned that i have to be very vocal and if anything i ask him to do he'll jump up and do but don't expect him to know exactly what you need from him at the moment and don't let it don't let it cause problems or fights within your relationship because you need to lean on each other you need to depend on each other this is like the first time you guys have gone through something like this and let me tell you if you let it this can be the best bonding experience you've ever had my husband was the biggest support system to me in the hospital and i can't imagine going through this with anyone else other than him 
and it's truly been a bonding experience for us but you need to be able to communicate effectively anyways i hope you guys enjoyed everything i had to say i'm sure there will be more things that i want to tell you guys about um or things that might trouble you or things that might cause you anxiety or things you should look out for or things that are completely normal and you shouldn't worry about at all um so i will try to update you guys as soon as i learn them again three weeks in you know he'll be a month on a friday one week from today exactly he will be one month old and it's been the best wildest craziest most fun most challenging three-week ride i've had and we've got a lifetime to go but i'm so happy to share my experiences with you guys and hear your feedback hear what you think hear what helped you hear what didn't help you hear the advice you were given the advice you took the advice you didn't take i love 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 when you guys respond to my podcast and teach me even more you know teach me things every day i love learning new things i'm constantly reading articles constantly looking into things doing research about anything and everything and I feel like the only way to truly know for yourself is to experience it or to listen to people who've experienced it. Listen to their do's and don'ts. And again, listen to everybody and then do what you want. You know you know best. Mother knows best. Your body and your mind and your heart are going to tell you exactly what to do. And you and your little one are going to figure it out and you'll be just fine. So I will see you guys in my next podcast. I'm hoping I can get one done. He's actually slept a solid 45 minutes now, so I'm sure he'll be ready to wake up and eat and have his diaper changed very soon. But thank you guys for listening, and I can't wait to hear your feedback. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks.